0: I had a buddy of mine uh, who was desperate to have a girlfriend. When I say he was desperate, I mean he was desperate. No matter where he went, no matter where he was, whether he be at church or at a concert or just going out to eat, he was desperate to get a girlfriend. And uh, Friday night, Kristen and I were talking, and you know, Kristen, we're talking about our schedules and different things like that. And Christian said, oh, by the way, what are you preaching about? And I just said to her what I just said to you, that my buddy who was desperate to get a girlfriend. And as I was finishing that line, she goes, are you going to finally say that the buddy is you? <laughs> get it. Thank you. All right. Such a respect for my wife. I love her. <laughs> no, this is not me. It was truly a buddy of mine. I, like, no matter where he went, like, you know, the three words that he would ever say to a girl. How are you? After those three words, he would be like, would you go out with me? Like, he was that desperate. Have you ever met anybody like that? You've had friends like that, right? Not me, (laughs) thankfully. Anyway, right? Like, the more I thought about him, yes, we made fun of him, and the girls knew that he was desperate. Everybody around him, he knew that this guy was desperate to go out with a girl and call somebody his girlfriend. And he didn't quite get it. The more it's easy to make fun of him and we made a lot of fun of him, but the more I reflect on his life um, I think there was a reason why he was so desperate to have a girlfriend like in his life When I look at his life, there were so many things that were happening There was so much turmoil that he was going through in his life and he felt like if he just had a girlfriend That things would be better if he just had a girlfriend in his life that he would somehow Feel better. Somehow he would have control over his life by having a girlfriend in his life. And that desperation led him to his action. So this morning I want to pause and ask ourselves this question as we look at this. What is it that you are desperate for this morning? What is it that you are desperate for in your life uh, that you want so bad in your life? And I think there are two kinds of things that we might be desperate for, and I want to parse them. Uh, one is something that we can control. Like, you know, for example, we can say, I want to lose 10 pounds, um, or I want to play the piano better. You know, I can say, I just need to be able to run a 10-minute mile. Right? These are all things that we can be desperate for, and there is a way we can solve them. You know, if you uh, were wanting to eat healthy and do things like that, yes. You could lose that pounce that you were wanting to, if you're focused enough. Or if you wanted to play that piano piece really well, you can can spend time practicing and and conquer that. If you want to run a 10-minute mile, it can happen. If you work hard enough, if you are committed enough. I I, I don't want to focus on that side of the desperation. I want to focus this morning on something else, things that we cannot control. And yet, we're desperate for those things. Things that are in our life that are outside of our control. For example, a broken relationship that we just cannot change. The other person needs to love us back. And when those relationships that are dear to us are broken, that is extremely painful. I've been with uh, individuals who were desperate for that relationship to be restored. And they were longing for that. And it's not pretty. And I've personally been there. And it is not pretty. You're just desperate. And you can't do anything about it. How about a work situation where you're not in charge of the decisions that are being made about you? Somebody else is doing all the decisions for you. And you're living through the consequences of those decisions. And you cannot change anything. How about this? A medical situation that you're facing that just turned your life upside down. If you have something like that in your life, I just kind of want you to open your arms and just put them on your lap. If there's something that's really desperate that you want to change and God is, and you feel like it's not changing just want you to do that for me this morning as we go through this and many times when we come to that place of desperation right when we find ourselves at that crossroads of desperation we ask the question why when we walk into that valley of despair we ask the question why why is God doing this for me why is God allowing this to happen in my life why 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 we keep asking that question over and over again and this morning friends i humbly say to you as a christian who believes in the lord jesus christ as someone who studied god's word diligently i cannot answer the question why i cannot answer the question why but this morning i want to talk about the when when you are in that valley When you are in that valley, I want to talk about what we can do when we find ourselves in that valley of despair, in that valley of hopelessness, in that valley where we want God to show up, when we find ourselves in that place First, I want to remind you of this thing that comes to us from Romans chapter 8, what was read to us today, from verses 20 and 21. There, Paul is reminding us that we live in a fallen world, that all creation longs for God to come and restore it back, that we live in a world that is fallen, that is not perfect. Our bodies that we bear and walk on this earth, they are not perfect. The relationships that we have with one another, they are not perfect. They are all broken. And yet we try to live in these broken communities together. And that is the reality, number one. We find ourselves in a broken world. That is where we are. That is where we are. And so when we find ourselves in that valley of despair, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And this is what we read. I consider the present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What we are going through right now is not worth comparing to what God has in store for us. Maybe this morning, friends, you can identify with the psalmist who, wrote, who pens these words. Psalm 42. My tears have been my, fo- my food. Day and night, people say to me all day long, Where is your God? I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning? Oppressed by the enemy, my bones suffer mortal agony. My foes taunt me, saying all day long, where is your God? My soul, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Have you been feasting on your tears? Lately, and you are about to face the day that is ahead of you, all you can do is just tears run down your face. Is that you? Do you feel like your life is out of control and you find yourself in that place of despair? When you find yourself in that valley of despair, friends, I want you to remember these words. The present suffering is not worth comparing to what God has in store for us. God has something absolutely beautiful in store for us. And it's not worth comparing. God is making something beautiful. And He's going to restore it. Some of you might be saying, I can no longer take it. I need God to show up now and make all this go away. Friends, if you find yourself in that valley, I I don't want you to give up hope. Romans 8, 24, this is what we read. For in this hope we are saved, but the hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The entire promise of our salvation, the entire premise of the gospel story, the entire premise of the Bible, the entire story that we read starting from Genesis where God plants. A garden and puts human beings created in God's image. God shares um, that we are created in God's image and that image is shattered when Adam and Eve sin and the relationship between God and human beings is broken and God sends his son Jesus to come into this world and he teaches us and he lives and he walks and he's crucified died and buried and the third day he is risen from the grave So that we can restore that relationship with Jesus Christ. All this, what I just shared with you, is the creed that we say each week. And this entire creed, our entire story is based in hope. It is grounded in hope. Our faith is grounded in hope. No matter how difficult the valley of desperation might be for you this morning, do not give up hope. Do not give up hope. God is going to walk with you to the other side. And one day we will overcome these challenges that we are facing. One day we will be able to see on the other side. That is the hope that we believe in. And I don't want you to give up the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And friends, finally, I want to share these words with you from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is one of my favorite verses. And those of you who are here, when you walked in, uh, a bag of communion elements were given to you. I want you to open that. I want you to open that bag uh, that is in front of you. And I want you to pull out a slip that's there. And for those of us who are online uh, worshiping, um, it's Romans 8.28. You can open your Bible and read it. You can do a Google search, Romans 8, 28. You can find it on your phone, your tablet, whatever. I want you to hang on to those, to those words. and I want you to keep them in your palms. And this week, friends, I would love if you could memorize these words. I would love for you to memorize these words. And we know, and we know that on all things, God works for those And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I would love for you to memorize those words. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And we know. I want to focus on those words. And we know. And we know. really want you to remember these words and we know have you ever heard that phrase someone say to you i hear that all the time when i'm in an argument with my daughter samara kristen starts by saying and you know that's your daughter right like you know who she is right and usually that conversation ends with the saying and she's just like you and you know when, when do we use that phrase? And you know. We use that phrase when we forget something that is crucial to who we are. You know that. You don't reveal something absolutely new and say, you know, no, you don't do that. You say, you know, to remind you of what you already know, right? Isn't that simple? yes please not thank you you know you know here paul is reminding us paul is telling us and saying you know this about your god you know this about your god that god will work all things for good god will work all things for our good we worship a god who is working we don't worship a God who is idle but friends we are worshiping a God who is working please remember that today that we worship a God who is working who is putting together something good when we find ourselves in that valley of desperation we want to be reminded today that we worship a God who is at work Right even in the midst of that valley that you sit in. Even in the midst of that brokenness that we find ourselves in, we know that we worship a God who is working. Friends, God is working in your life. Please don't ever forget that. God is working in your life. We know. We know. This morning, I brought some figurines with me here. These are very, very precious to me. I'm gonna tell a story for each one of them. Uh, This was given to me. uh, Are you familiar with this willow tree figurines? Um, This was given to me, um, to Kristen and I, when we got engaged. It was very very special. It was from my mother-in-law, and she put a little note with the date when we got engaged. Um, and this was given to us uh, when Samira came home, um, and this was given to us um, when Elijah came home. So these are very precious to us, especially this one. Uh, this I love this one. And a couple of days ago. It was on a, sitting on a shelf and one of the kids bumped into it and it broke. Um, and the head was completely, everything was decapitated. Everything was kind of uh, falling off. And uh, we've had uh, these willow tree stuff before and they are impossible to glue. Uh, if you use super glue, it just bleeds all over it. If you use other materials, it just disintegrates the product that they made it with. And Kristen was ready to throw it out. And it was sitting on the shelf and on the counter and. She was like, I'm going to throw it out because, you know, whenever we tried this, we have a nativity made with the same thing, and we could never glue it back together. But I just couldn't give up on throwing these three special ones. And I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research, and I found a way to glue everything back together. If you look closely, you can see the cracks that are all around it. It's not... Can kind of like see some missing pieces, but I was able to put this back together. See, when I think about this and what this meant to me, I took time to research to find a way to put it back together. I was at work when I saw this broken piece in front of me because this was special to me. Friends, this morning, God is looking at us in that valley. he knows that we are broken he knows that we are desperate we want God to show up and I want to remind you that God is at work he's working to put this together he's working to put our lives together if you will this morning let's read this together let's read Romans eight twenty eight together. You have it right in front of you. Let's read this together. Reminding ourselves that God is at work. God is at work to create something good. Let's read together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose.